with Dr. Michael Smith, MD. And now, here's the country doctor with a city education, Dr. Mike. So we're going to talk about eating disorder warning signs. My guest is Dr. Oviedo Bermudez. He is the chief clinical officer and medical director of child and adolescent services at Eating Recovery Center in Denver, Colorado. Dr. Bermudez, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, and good morning to you. Let me, let's me let start with it. You know, how prevalent are eating disorders? And, and, and maybe I should also ask you, are, do we even really keep track, statistically speaking? Uh, do we keep good records of all the different eating disorders that, that are potentially out there? What are you, what's your thoughts on that? Well, you know, Mike, we're, we're, Dr. Mike, we're really trying to do that, um, but it's a moving target. It's sort of difficult, and, and I'll tell you, uh, you know, a couple of points about that. The first of which, which sort of is going to speak to the warning signs as well, is that we need to remember that people with eating disorders don't want to be discovered, don't want to be found out. So right. it's a lot easier to track um, you know, the incidence and the prevalence of an illness where people raise their hand and say, you know, gee, I'm suffering from headaches or I have significant depression. Um, and, and then we, it's easier to count them uh, than people who really, uh, you know, want to protect their illness, to hide their illness and not necessarily be found. With that said, I also think it's important to think about the fact that eating disorders are morphing, um, you know, uh, just, just for, for several hundred years, we just had a, a, a anorexia nervosa. Uh, and then for the last several decades, we've had bulimia and binge eating disorder. And now we're, it's sort of morphing into many different presentations, including younger kids with, you know, presentations of avoidance of eating or, um, you know, fear of things like choking and hurting, uh, something called ARFID. And, and then we have things like diabulimia and orthorexia and pregorexia and, and so on. So we're really looking at different presentations in the context of the, 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 the clinical parameters that constitute the criteria to diagnose eating disorders. Right. You know, I, I want to get into the warning sites because that's really what this is about, and I think it's really important. But one more question along this line of, of, of discussion here. So m- more and more I've noticed, um, like on the History Channel or, I don't know, whatever, some of those cable, cable network uh, stations, there's more shows about people with um, eating disorders. And... But they don't always put them in the best light. They're often some of the most strangest kind of eating disorders. What's your thought about that? Are we are we doing a service or a disservice when we highlight some of these things on something on a, on a station like History Channel? Yeah, you know, um, there there has been a, a very significant effort at a national and international level to destigmatize eating disorders and move away from shaming and blaming. Um, you know, shaming and blaming families, for example. Um, you know, now we've moved from families being the quote-unquote 400-year-old quote, the worst attendance, um, to now families being partners in treatment. I think it's the same with, uh, you know, there, there is a certain curiosity as to why people do these things. You know, eating disorders are not logical. Um, you know, they're serious mental illnesses, and they're not logical. So there is a curiosity as to, you know, my goodness, right. why would somebody do that to themselves or impose that on themselves. And I think that's part of what we're seeing, as you alluded to, um, you know, the, the, the wanting to look in to something that is difficult to understand, 
difficult to make sense of because they're very illogical illnesses. So uh, yeah, I think yeah. that, that that type of approach, in my eyes, is probably more of a disservice than a service because, you know, these, these are everybody's illnesses. You know, if you have a daughter, if you have a granddaughter, if you have a son or a grandson, if you have nieces and nephews, if you have neighbors, uh, you have people yeah. who are struggling with eating-related pathology. Um, and, and so it, this is everybody's illness, and it's now about, you know, both men and women. It's about the very young and the more mature people. It's right, about right. all races, all ethnicities, um, you know, all socioeconomic statuses. Yeah, let's move into the warning sign. I mean, at the bottom line, it, it it makes good TV, and sometimes TV does things because it's good TV, not necessarily that it's that it's right or or, or helping out the situation, right? Um, so what 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 are the main warning signs? So you mentioned you know family, friends. I mean, what what should we look for if we we if we suspect somebody has an eating disorder? I mean, what are some of the signs that you can help my listeners under you know recognize and understand to help that person? Okay, let's let's divide into a couple of buckets, if you will. Okay, so first let's look at sort of the eating-related issues. So the main things to look for is somebody who, you know, was had a healthy relationship with food and ate when they were hungry and had likes and dislikes, um, and all of a sudden begins that dialogue begins to change into good foods and bad foods, fattening foods and, uh, you know, non-fattening foods. Um, so, for example, you know, you have a 12-year-old that, you know, comes home and says, now I'm vegetarian or now I'm vegan. You know, why that change? What, what promotes that? And again, we got to be thoughtful that this person is not going to say, I'm really concerned about myself. I'm not fitting in. And, and, you know, if I was thinner, I would feel better and perhaps others will see me better. That's not going to be the dialogue. It's going to be, you know, I feel really strongly about, you know, how inhumanely we treat animals or something to that effect. Somebody who starts to cut back on their eating. They used to love ice cream. Now all of a sudden there's no more ice cream. Why? Because ice cream is not good for you. Um, so as they narrow the food choices and, and the dialogue turns into why that is, I think we need to become concerned, especially if that's coupled with weight loss. Um, on the other side of the coin with the purging syndromes, then you start to see people either binge, overeat at times, and then sort of disappear or even even eat normally and then sort of disappear to the restroom and and chances are that that individual may be um, you know purging inducing vomiting or the like we also need to be thoughtful that exercise is a way of sort of uh, really can be incorporated into the eating disorder symptom repertoire so you know when somebody becomes very obsessive about exercise and now exercise takes front and center in their lives or when they use exercise as a compensatory behavior GIA cheesecake so now I got to go run you know, we can all think that once in a while, but when we start to think that very systematically, we need to be concerned. The other bucket, okay, okay, I think, would be wait, wait, hold, more wait, wait, the, a second. The, I think Dr. Bermuda is holding because that's this is you said something really important right there. You, the the, the idea that it, that that thought pattern becomes systemic, right? It's not. You, we're not just saying if you hear somebody say something one time, it's really about a, a pattern of behavior, right? I mean, that's an important recognition here. Absolutely. I mean, every every time a girl says or, or, or a young boy says, you know, I, I think I'm too heavy and I want to lose weight, they don't have anorexia nervosa automatically. But boy, when you be, when that begins to be a, a theme that's sort of taking center place in their lives, I think families need to recognize that and become really concerned about it. Same thing for young adults. Um, so it's not just family in the sense of parents of kids. I think we're talking about, you know, parents of young adults, partners of young adults and the like. Um, so that that is really important. Um, if, right. if you think about if you think about how we move from you know what is called normative discontent, you know mo- most people are not 
in love with their bodies and, and the way their body looks and feels to them. Um, but but m- many of us live with that. Most of us live with that. And then we become disordered eating, which means that we actually begin to do something about that discontent. And then a few people that are genetically vulnerable, once they begin the disordered eating patterns, will actually fall into or cross the line into an eating disorder, which is a serious mental illness. It's not something you just simply walk away from when you decide. Um, so I, I think that that point that you make of the consistency of the, of the symptoms and, and the crescendo pattern, right, these symptoms are taking more and more, these behaviors are taking more and more importance for how the individual views themselves, copes yeah. with life, manages themselves, manages their emotions. That really matters. Yeah, the, the website is eating recoverycenter.com are there more of these warning signs that people can learn about on on the on the website dr bermudez uh, absolutely um and and more and as important as one warning signs is what to do i mean i think once right. uh you suspect an eating disorder in a loved one you know there's an old rule of thumb there's no data to support this but there's an old rule of thumb that says that if a family takes a young person to their doctor for the suspicion of an eating disorder is very likely that there is a problem. Gotcha. Okay. That great great way to end the segment. Thanks for coming on. Again, the website is eatingrecoverycenter.com. This is Healthy Talk on Radio MD. I'm Dr. Mike. Stay well. <laughs> 